Hey guys, and welcome back to the Leia Hyopan Show, powered by Icon Plus. Since it's powered by Icon Plus, I have a news announcement for you. So more than 60% of ICX tokens are locked up by investors, which means that more people are investing long-term in Icon and actually earning up to 12% interest per year passive income. So this is also powered by um, and sponsored by BlockFi. So I want to give a quick shout out to them and say thank you um, because I actually use them to earn up to 8.6% interest on my USDC. USDC is a stable coin, so you can earn so much interest when you're in crypto. So I'm going to leave the link in the description, in the bio, wherever you want to get it. And you can earn, I think actually at the moment, it's around $250 if you deposit with them. And before we start the show, a last final shout out to CoinFlip. So CoinFlip are doing some incredible work across the states. They're pushing Bitcoin mass adoption they have um, a bunch of atms i think it's nearly over 800 atms in 45 different states so huge shout out to them they're doing some amazing work so joining me today is somebody a little different um i'm really excited to chat to him it's going to be super unfiltered um i actually have no specific questions lined up it's just going to be um we're just going to go for it okay so um so he is a boxer entrepreneur competitive chess player and he focuses on self-improvement it is of course ed latimer how are you doing i'm doing fantastic you know i heard you going through all the sponsors and i said you know what i'm, <laughs> I'm a fish out of water because i don't know anything about crypto and i should and i'm and i'm sure that's like that's like admitting you don't believe in God and the church, like me saying that right no. now. So, but uh, <laughs> but but eventually, I'll, um, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I will learn about it because it seems like the kind of thing where if you don't learn about it, you're, you're at a marked disadvantage moving forward in the future. 100%. I actually wasn't even going to bring crypto up, but since we're here, <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. But but since we're here, you are somebody who's all about, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're all about sort of like doing your best, pushing forward and pushing through the pain, you know, forgetting the emotion, just keep going. I feel like, and also you're all about taking personal responsibility. I feel like that's totally in line with crypto and particularly with Bitcoin. Like, do you have any interest whatsoever? Well, you, you know, so all of that yes all of that is perfectly in line with the philosophy and i've actually read um what is that that book the bitcoin standard i, th I thought yeah. it was a great great book um if, yeah. if for any other reason it made me understand exactly what money is and how money works and i said oh, okay that's a really cool idea uh as far as my personal interest and in it goes right now it seems like a thing to invest in like a commodity um, what I what I was interested in initially was like, okay, is this going to be a thing that eventually in my lifetime replaces fiat currency? And if it does, then what are the implications of that for a regular person? Because you have to remember, uh, I, I think I'm very, I think I'm blessed in the perspective that I get grown because I grew up uh, extraordinarily poor, as poor as you can really be in America and not be homeless. I was in public housing. Uh, I believe you guys call those Commonwealth estates over in the UK. I grew council up in council states. I grew up in that environment. And then, you know, I had a brief stint with the middle class. And I think, I think there's no real, uh, definitely not middle class anymore. Uh, I don't know if I'm, if I'm, officially like upper class but definitely not there mm -hmm. but what that what that does is having that going through that path of life is you have perspective and my perspective is okay like how does the normal person make use of this and if i can't if i can't get to how a regular person 
who wakes up at like you know 10 at night and wants to go get some 40s down the block like if i can't figure out how they're going to use it uh to do so then i then i'm not there you know which which like one of the things that changed my mind is a whole only fans thing for example my first thought was like okay guys that want to go to the strip club how they going to drop you know make it rain with bitcoin and then all of a sudden all of a sudden you have this this influx of it's the best way to put this uh digital yes uh, exactly. digital voyeurism and there's uh-huh. a lot of there are a lot of different ways to pay pay for your pleasure now and and all those can be those transactions can be conducted in a digital manner. So I think as the world moves more digital, uh, it, it starts making more sense to me how the common person gets involved with it. And I think the ultimate dream, uh, if I'm not mistaken, of many people who are in the space uh, will be realized, which is that it replaces uh, fiat non-bag currency. Uh, but but right now my mind can't get there. And then, and then you know what does that have to do with my interest in it? Uh, right now, because I'm so focused on uh, generating a certain amount of, of income, my mind just does not let me go invest in some things. Now, that is definitely changing uh, probably in 2021, but uh, that I'm just explaining my past and why I've not converted uh, to the church of Bitcoin. And, <laughs> but, the church of Bitcoin, I love that. Cryptocurrency. Yeah. Okay. So you so much gone on there. So firstly, I think that's really interesting. You make such an interesting point about, you know, sex work is now online. I'm actually not a huge fan of that industry, but um, as a woman, I would say, I think it's an incredible option because it's safer and, you know, people can pay in Bitcoin and Bitcoin at the moment is on the absolute run. So, you know, speaking of coming from such a poor background, if somebody gave you like $50, let's just say, um, I don't know, where like a few months ago you would have absolutely you know made a lot of money on it by now and you'll continue to um but i wanted to talk about you mainly don't really talk so much about bitcoin but i think that's super cool <laughs> that you're no but it's cool it's cool it's cool that you have an interest in it but i want to talk about you because you are a lot of different things you're a boxer author competitive chess player so it's insanely diverse so how would you define yourself uh i am someone who who I, I heard this phrase, I don't know if you're familiar with a uh, Hotep Jesus, but yeah. I heard this phrase. He, he he used it on Donovan Sharp show. He said, I'm, I'm a guy who realized that his life didn't match his ambition. And so one day I woke up and I said, okay, how do I, how do I start making how I see myself become reflected in reality? So other people see me that same way. And I said, okay, let me let me go and do the things that challenge me and push me that other people won't do, can't do, and see how far I can go. You know, I my motto, like I always tell people when they go, are you afraid about, about afraid of getting hurt in the ring or dying or whatever? And I'm, I'm gonna die anyway, right? Let me get some stories out of this life at least. You know, at least when I'm old, someone's not like, oh goodness, here comes grandpa again. Like, no, I'm like, okay, man, here comes this guy. He's got something cool to talk about. And and that mentality, you know, perhaps is not the physically safest, but it has led to a very interesting life uh, because I didn't start boxing when I was younger. Like I made a conscious decision as an adult to go, I'm going to go do this. And not only am I going to go do it um, 
at a high enough level, you know, if I can get there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do it the right way, which is start as an amateur. No one's paying you. No one cares. Most of your fights, you know, a lot of them get canceled. You waste all evening and stuff like that. But but it pushes you, and you developed uh, you develop a a certain kind of grit that you can't get anywhere else. And it also, and I talk about this a lot. One of the best things boxing did for me is it, it shifted my mindset from fixed to growth. I had a fixed mindset about about a lot of things academically, and and I said, wait a second, if I can learn how to fight, man, because I was not very good when I started, and and I did not, man, I I thought I was going to become good. I'm sure a lot of people around me didn't think uh, much would develop of me, but I. I kept learning the diligent approach, whatever. And when I when I seen what that did for my amateur career and in my professional career, I said, okay, you know, if I did it there, can I do the same thing for my mind? Can I can I make myself uh intelligent? Can I approach problems that I had problems because I, I had a big issue with math. I wrote about it on my site uh in a few different articles. And I said, no, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna do this like boxing because it can't be worse than boxing because this is a real like negative feedback mechanism when you make a mistake. Worst thing that happens, I get the wrong answer in, in a math problem, right? So uh, I took that approach and and it helped me become who I am today and get through those things to get my physics degree to, to, to go on and now learn chess and, and writing. The whole idea the, to sum me up is is I believe that if I have if I'm given enough time, I can learn anything. And I'm going to choose things that are going to force me to develop. And that, that's really what my life is about. I, I try to continue to develop myself and continue to improve. And I know I'll never max out. I'm going to die before them. But that's no reason to not try, right? Yeah, I think there's so much going on here. So I want to kind of go back to, you know, because you said you did grow up in a council estate. It was very, very poor. Um, you know, you were very poor, school was very difficult, and there wasn't a lot going on, essentially. Um, I think I read on your site, you said you, that you had a lot of anger issues. So you've clearly gone from, and, we spoke, and at the beginning, you sort of said, well, am I upper class now? You know, so you've gone from, <laughs> you've, you've jumped like three classes, you know, if that's even possible. So my question to you then is, you know, what is going on right now? Because if we look at today's world, we have, there's a lot of issues in terms of culture wars, class wars, um, you know, people sort of, the idea of personal responsibility is sort of frowned upon. Um, you know, people sort of are unable to, you know, do anything great for themselves because they have a million of reasons why they can't. So coming from such a background that you came from, why do you think you were able to, but other people aren't able to? And also, actually I'll ask the next bit after, go for it. And also, no, no, I will ask it now. <laughs> I, also, I, I remember I was, I was reading and you said, you know, your father wasn't always super present. So even you had that against you as a young man. So how, how, how does that go? Why, why were you able to and other people can't? Um, uh, aside from luck, right? Because that's a useless answer. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in luck. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I I remember that I never wanted to feel weak. And I yeah. figured out very early that there are a few ways to feel weak. And I, I tried to avoid all of them. Uh, one is when, when people 
uh, had control over how you felt. They can make you feel a certain way. They can make you angry. They can make you cry, whatever, right? They can make you divert your uh, path. I remember one time I was afraid of this bully on my bus, so I started walking to school. And I remember, I'm, I'm a kid. I mean, like, I'm mean, like a kid. Yeah. Like, like, probably, I remember where I lived, so I was probably like seven. And I'm walking, like, over two, two miles to school, whatever. And that's uh that's horrible. That's a, that's a thing that you don't ever want like you don't want to experience that type of weakness. So so you learn you start you start experimenting with ways to not experience that. And and one of the biggest ways is to to always be in control of yourself. And when you're always in control of yourself, what happens is you you start having a certain expectation heaped upon you. And either you rise to meet that or you, you get punished and you lose, you know, freedoms, abilities, um, access to things that can that can make your time pass better. OK, so here it all starts with the emotional control and not being responsive to my environment, creating my own kind of inner peace in my inner world. Because, I mean, I had to. There was there was nothing around me that suggested uh safety or security or peace. I had to create those environments up here. And in doing so, I went, all right, well, I can, I can do this. What else helps me do that? Okay, doing the opposite of everyone around me. And it, and it just, not just so happens. I mean, I had to do it because I didn't want to be part of that environment because I was trying to create a space different than what was around me. That meant showing up on time, for example. Like, I mm -hmm. absolutely I mean, I'm, I'm still to this day a stickler about time. Like, really? like I can't stand people who are late. My, my, my girlfriend jokes that, like, we get to the airport two hours early. All It's not really joking. I guess we do because I'm, I'm so terrified of, like, being late. But that's what Two I'm hours afraid. isn't that early. <laughs> two hours is great. Two hours is not that early. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, right. You see, you get it, right? So, so I, I try to be in control of my time. Uh, I try to if i see a difficulty i don't ever want that difficulty to sneak up on me because one of the things you just learn that if you face it head on you might not get an advantage but you aren't at a disadvantage at least not as big at least not a bigger one than if you try to escape it and you have to deal with it eventually so I'll, I developed this mindset again of I have to face this problem before this problem decides to face me. Because if it faces me uh, and I'm not ready, we got a big problem. Or I like to say, you know, you can pay now or you can pay later. If you pay now, you might get a discount. If you pay later, you're definitely going to have to kick it with interest. So you pick which one is up, you know, which one you want to do. So having that mentality, right? So now I got control of my time. Now and I, then I'm trying to create my environment. And in doing so, I have to face any problem that comes up. And the ability to do that, to recognize what a problem is, is is I, I never got a chance to deceive myself. I never got a chance to believe that someone was my friend if they weren't because that was a constant mistake. I never got a chance to believe that something would turn out okay just because I hoped it did. I always went and made sure uh, things would work the way I wanted them to. I never got comfortable letting things be out of my control. And so if, if I'm able to do those four things, and this is really the first time I've ever kind of broken that down. Maybe I'll like 
turn it into an article or something. But if I'm able to do those four things, if I'm able to control my emotions and then control my environment, face problems as they're coming at me, and I can face them because I do not let myself become deceived by reality. And this, and remember, this isn't like me as a, as a kid going, this is my master plan for ruling the world. Now, this is just so I can cope with the day to day, like either at school or at home. You, you get those, you know, I got those four things done. And so, uh, so I don't, I don't understand how one is able to live not in control, not wanting to be in control, looking mm -hmm. for anything to blame, looking for things to be outraged about. Like, like all of those things go against everything that has helped me survive and continues to help me thrive, you know? I think that's fascinating. Um, you know, you say these are the things that helped you survive. Um, I just, for me, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you anyway, which is obviously, you know, one of the main reasons why, you know, I saw you online and I was like, oh, wow, I really agree with everything this guy's saying. I think it's such a shame um, that people are unable to adopt these kind of mentalities or don't agree with these mentalities um, because, you know, I know you agree anyway, but no one's coming to save you. Right. Um, so, Think it's such a shame that we can't sort of agree that no one's coming to save us because even the government you know even if they let's say they really did have our best intentions at heart they literally just can't there's too many people you know what i mean and and, it, and even if they did come and save you they it would the only way that money really could stretch is to bring everybody down to the lowest common denominator which is communism but communism aside you know oh it's, man you you you, you, mean, you you're yeah. spitting right now <laughs> you, you you're saying something Okay. Yeah, I just no, 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 no. <laughs> one of the things uh, I was just talking about this with my buddy uh, yesterday, and, and I always uh, I came to this conclusion maybe last year that there there aren't really two political party. Wow, I know you guys are in the UK or in Europe, you have a bit of a different system. No, but, we're the same. Two but, parties, right? But there there's a there's not really two political parties. It's not really conservative, liberal, nothing. What it is, is it's, it's people who believe that something is going to save or protect them, whether that be the government, whether that be a god, whatever, okay? okay. And it's people who understand that no one is coming to save them, and they've got to figure this thing out on their own. And if you look at it that way, it's not entirely accurate. But it's useful enough and precise enough to where you can make accurate predictions and useful predictions. For example, I should not be able to, but we can, I should not be able to look at your stance on the coronavirus and tell where you lean politically. But I can. Mm -hmm. The reason for that is there tends to be a strong enough overlap. Remember, the model is not perfect, but it's useful enough to where we can make useful uh, or we can make some predictions that allow us to determine the best kind of co course of action to go. I can look at how you feel about one thing and guess how you feel about a bunch of other things because of that model. If you think the government is coming to save you, you probably support all kinds of things where I just go, uh, I can't really get behind it. I mean, like, good for you, but I can kind of see where this is going to go. Um, and, you know, a great example of this is one of the arguments that we have here in the United States is the $15 minimum wage. Mm. Okay. And, and, and on one side, it's like, oh, great. Everyone has more money. 
me on the other hand, because I could never, I never let myself get deceived by reality. So one of the things I study is economics, is being curious, and I'm like, okay, so if we if we do this, then what about all the people who make fourteen an hour who are skilled? And also, what happens when that's the new minimum wage and everyone just raises the prices, and now we've just got inflation? And yeah, or if, like you want to start a business <laughs> and you can't afford to pay someone right, right. fifty dollars an hour then it's just like that completely ostracizes the people that they're trying to help you know the, the and, people like yourself who came from those kind of backgrounds well sorry you're just not worth 15 dollars an right. hour it's, it's hilarious and, and and you know to that I, because then what happens a lot of times when you when you try to think like this you often come up with ideas that are counterintuitive and perhaps not entirely popular and one day i was just sitting around thinking about it and maybe I was trying to troll, maybe I wasn't, but I was thinking, and I said, you know, really the best thing to do in this, like, like if you're really worried about people being paid a great wage, the best thing to do would be to get rid of the minimum wage entirely and let and let and let competition sort it out. And people were like, what? And I just kept thinking about it. Maybe, and, and, and I don't know if, if that is the most correct answer. I'm just riffing here to make an example of the the two different thought processes, but. Uh, some people will go, that's great because I have the skill to take care of myself and I'll figure it out. And on the other side, people go, that's horrible. We need regulations in place. We need someone to take care of and protect us. Now, you can't go, you know, completely extreme. On one extreme, you get anarchism, anarchy, and the other extreme, you get communism. But, like, you know, people who tend to lean a little too closer to anarchy probably tend to think more like me and people who tend to lean a little more towards communism, but they'll never say that, uh, tend to think not like me. <laughs> yeah, I think, but also I think what we tend to forget when we talk about minimum wage is that minimum wage was never supposed to be living wage. You know, it was never supposed to be something which, um, you know, will allow you to rent and pay your bills and right. get don't, food don't. and it was just supposed to be like a little cushion, you know, so that you can afford potentially to um, buy a really cheap suit after you've been working at this place for so long. And then you can afford to, um, you know, put that nice suit on to go to another interview and work your way up. Like it was just supposed to be like yeah. a little cushion. Like it was never supposed to be something which could pay your bills. Um, and actually you make a really good point about the model of personal responsibility. So this is hilarious. I don't know, you may have heard this, I'm not sure, but I think it was a UK article. They basically made um, a headline. The headline was something like, if you're a gym bro, if like you're one of those guys that, you know, gym and all this stuff, um, you're more likely to be a radical right wing person because you take personal responsibility for your health and the way you look physically you know you don't have to start a whole movement which basically says it's okay to be fat it's okay to be unhealthy um you know they've taken personal responsibility so that makes them more likely to be right wing <laughs> it's it's the same thing here you know well, the, the joke is i can tell i can tell which side of the line you're on by the strength mm -hmm. of your handshake <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, oh, I, don't, I don't know if one would say fortunately or unfortunately, but there is a lot more truth in that than I think either side wants there to be. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I think people people think that uh, I'm I like lean right or whatever. I have no idea what I lean because I don't pay attention to politics. I know that I'm for personal responsibility, and it seems like. Uh, 
that is a model or a um, or a policy of of one side or one take, and that, that is you know coincidence at best. At, you know, at, at worst, you know, probably someone actively trying to uh, keep one group of people or many groups of people dependent on the government, and and those who mm-hmm. don't think that way are are radicals, black sheep, Uncle Toms, whatever you want to call call us. Yeah, I, I think it's a shame because I because I think I actually think you know this kind of mentality is the only way to succeed. If you continue um, to sort of take a victim mindset, if you continue to sort of say I can't and I, I'm I'm come you know the world is against me and I need to vote this way. I need to let's say I need to vote Democrats so that they can save me and all this stuff. You'll never get out of it. It's sort of like a continuation. Um, I just feel like this kind of mentality perpetuates it. Um, but I want to talk a little bit actually um, about masculinity in today's world because um, you you mentioned that you know your father wasn't really present and there was a lot that was you had a lot of abuse growing up and all these all these different things. So, what are your thoughts on masculinity today? Um, from my perspective, I see there's a huge. Um, I feel like there's a, there's a huge feminization of of men. Um, you know, there was the recent um, picture of Harry Styles in a dress and all these things. And I will say each oh, to their own, whatever, you know, each <laughs> to their own, whatever you want to do. But I just wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, what what is going on? You, you know what's cool. You know what's cool because like uh, it, I can tell if you're bringing this up. You know, you're probably you're probably on my side. Or you're setting a trap. Uh, don't think you're setting a trap. So, so all things are good. Um, no, but but in all seriousness, uh, I think. Okay, so sexual dimorphism is is a thing. Like you don't look like me, and I don't look like you, and that is a a uh, that's just a feature of the species right you know we're not going to dive into the benefits pros cons of it that's just uh what we are and each of us because of that because of the dimorphism we come with certain strengths and certain weaknesses each of us it's it's a great error to group all the 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 Okay, so so what what happens with the toxic masculinity movement um, is that they throw the baby out with the bathwater. They take traits that are masculine and they're just bad. Okay, not not the same thing can be happen, but it happens. You know, women like women, anger and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, but 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 like to a now now no, the same thing happens with women, you know, but to a lesser extent, almost to a non-existent extent, because like now, you know, it's it's effectively a crime really to criticize uh, women publicly. But what what happens, you know, what happens with a lot of the masculine traits is, you know, they're 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 amoral. They're neither good nor bad. It's just you know who who wields them. You know, is is your is your villain? Uh, the, the only difference between a villain and a good villain and a good hero is is one well to his perspective or the perspective of the people against, and and how he decides to use it. You know, uh, strength is strength, whether it's used to build or destroy, uh, uplift or control, uh, dominate or dedicate. You know, it, it's all strength, and it is it is a a masculine virtue. 
a de dedication, intensity, all of these things. Here's the problem, okay? Now, now that we've kind of loosely defined what, what masculinity is, this kind of active force in the world that's amoral but makes things happen, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, here's the problem. When, when it starts when you're younger. Okay. It starts with, with boys being being a, I think it was like five, I did a presentation on this uh, two years ago, or a year ago, I think, and I think it was about five times more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD. Now, now if it was, a, now why is that? It's not like, it's not that boys are, are you know, have problems focusing, it's that we, we, we have a world, a structure for young, for young boys where they're told, Sit still in a classroom for freaking what well, almost eight hours a day, and there's something wrong with you if you can't, and that's problematic. We have deregulated, uh, a deregulated, unregulated sexual market. We actually have a little, little worse than that. If you, if you can, like, an unregulated market is a black market, right? In a black market, uh, if, if you cross somebody, they can come and cross you back, and that's what a black market is pretty much operating outside the law and the criminals, you know, keep things in check. We call this prison justice, right? A street justice. Well, it's a, it's a bit worse than that because if, if, if a woman accuses you of something false, for example, uh, there, there's no recourse if she's caught really, at least not nearly as serious of a one to deter it. Um, there is no recourse, you know. If you decide you don't want the kid, but she does, you still have to pay, right? Mm. Uh, Dave Chappelle made a great, great joke about that. He goes, you know, your body, your choice. My wallet, my choice. You keep them, but I decide I don't want to pay for them, right? And then, and then that's like where that is a reasonable reaction, a reasonable stance, but that's not there. Uh, why do I bring that up? Not just to go, you know, shit on the movement, but to highlight that we've, we've now incentivized, and forget disincentivizing with shame, right? Because that's what we used to have. We used to disincentivize single moms, where there was no male in the house helping to raise. We used to dis disincentivize um, the rampant sexuality. We used to disincentivize that. Mm -hmm. uh, no more. Shame, shame died in, in maybe when I was in high school. Now we've incentivized it. We've incentivized it because there's a government state that will make sure you're okay. Like, no matter what, you're going to be okay because we're going to give you some money if you have this kid. And not only that, we're going to we're gonna find that. We're going to legally attack the, the father of the kid. You know, now he should be responsible. But my point here is that the, we're the, the weight of responsibility is not equal. It's gone. Yeah. And, you know, so... So how does this all relate to to guys, you know, kind of the war on masculinity, whatever, is not only are we told it's bad from the from our development, you know, standpoint, but we're also not getting good examples of it at home because many more kids are being raised without fathers in their life than they are. Right. So that's happening. The school is assaulting you on your, on, on you being a boy. Uh, but by, by virtue of the girl's position, very often she's more likely to be 
be believed. I mean, there, there are so many, there, there are many, many stories that all she had, all, all it takes is one accusation as opposed to due process before someone's life, for, for a guy's life is ripped to absolute shreds. And that is problematic. It's highly problematic. So, you, so you've got these these things in place, and yeah, I I am a firm believer uh, that there's there's an attack on on what it takes to be a man, and that's just one aspect of it. Another aspect is the, the world is very easy now, and one of the things that kind of shaped what made you a man was overcoming hardship. And there are no mm-hmm. hardships to overcome, and we're, we we are basically wally. The only the only difference between here, uh, between this between two thousand and twenty. And Wally is in a Wally. They figured out space, so they're in space. Yeah. They got technology, but it's the same thing, you know. You you can sit in your house. I I remember even ten years ago when I was twenty five, you know. Um, if, if I'm only, if I only made eight hundred dollars a month, man, I had a rough life. Right? Eight hundred dollars a month now. That's a Netflix subscription. That's some some cheap food. It can be brought to you and walked to you know cheap liquor. Um, an OnlyFans subscription or, or, or the, all the porn in the world. So in case I don't, you know, which completely demotivates, you know, we're not even going to get started on the porn thing, but that's another force that just completely, because they trap you. They're like drug addicts. It's like, okay, here's this, here's a, here's some breasts. Come on in, check it out. <laughs> you don't have to put in the work. You don't have to put in the work. You don't have to do anything. It, it, it's all, it's all just, it's all just there for you. Yeah. But that's insane. That's insane to think that actually eight hundred dollars would get you so much because obviously oh, you know it, we think about like inflation though, but we think about inflation and like eight hundred dollars was obviously worth more ten years ago. But in so terms maybe of a thousand bucks. No, no, no. But I'm with you. No, but I'm with you because we didn't. You didn't have all of this ten years ago. So um, yeah, I'm totally with you. And it's a and it, it's it's crazy because men, humans in general, I think, need a thing to push against. But within that subspecies, men more. Men more. Men need things to push against. They need things to challenge them. They need to be able, when they're younger, to not be told that wanting to to run around and play sports and have a lot of energy is a bad thing. They need role models. All these things are gone. And yeah, the, I and think eases in place of it, and so it's going to become harder and harder for for guys to develop into men. A good friend of mine told me he's got a bunch of kids. He said he's more worried about his daughters being able to find a decent guy to be with than his son being able to find a woman because there because nothing has in terms of the environment that is that is ideal for for producing a woman. Sure, there are some things that are like not good, like you know the the, the financial incentive of OnlyFans and the porno sites. Uh, that's certainly no good, but there's not anything that actively impedes their development just distractions along the path that with a good home life are largely avoidable like a good family not so much for guys god god needs to be needs to get his ass kicked for example now we got anti-bullying i'm not saying we need bullies in schools but i'm saying you know guys deal with conflict differently we can fight and then be friends and but you gotta fight first yeah, <laughs> we know? don't do that. We don't even fight. We just cut each other off. Not joking. Right. Yeah, sport, no, I'm kidding. Sports role a, a a role model, and and if you get your role models from society, okay. But there are many more examples for strong women in society than there are for men. I gave a speech at a, at a program, and and the woman came to me. She said, "You know, the the if you can, 
would love for you to talk to some of the guys specifically because the girls get tons of attention. This is a woman, I think she was in her late 50s, early 60s. Uh, so, so from another era, and notice says that the guys are not getting the attention and the the effort and energy they need. And and I know I I I 100% feel it, man, because I I didn't have any of that. And I think that's why uh, I was interested in football. And then once football was gone in high school, I, I kind of floated around wayward. And then I then but 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 something said you got to find a thing to put some sweat equity in. And I found boxing, which which these are hard environments that shape you and force you to be disciplined and accountable. And you have to channel your energy and channel your aggression. All the things that society does not have an outlet for you to do, for God to do, you can do them in boxing. And, it, and it's great. Like we have so many different ways and outlets, scholarships for and everything. Um, Many different ways that are for me to succeed, and I have nothing against that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think that's great. I think the problem is that it's it, right now it doesn't have to. Right now it's a zero sum game. So the more one side gets a thing, the less the other side gets. And when we did that, we've done this for a long time. We as humans have to come up with a better way because it used to be the other way, right? Uh, where it was where guys got all. There, there was much more in, in, in for society out there for guys, but yeah. uh, not so much for for women if they wanted to, to venture out. But you know that gets into to another argument. But the the TLDR to to kind of put a cap on this this uh this part of the conversation is that is it is it is very hard for a boy to develop into a man today, and it's only going to get harder the easier society gets. And and part of becoming easy, almost by definition, and I mean this is easy, isn't not facing resistance for anyone who wants to make a joke. But part of becoming um, a man is that is that life is going to become easier, and a feminized or women seek a path kind of less resistance, certainly physically, and and to a lesser extent emotionally, and guys don't get that option but they but they but it doesn't come from nowhere you got to develop it society is making it hard to develop yeah that was a lot there um i want to okay no it's good it's good it's good um so two things i want to mention the first just back to what you initially said um i'm absolutely with you i think there's a lot of i think the government has disincentivized um not just men and but just people in general um to sort of like doing the the thing which creates the better outcome, right? So if it's sort of like, um, if it's like, you know, a family unit, kids and all this stuff, like you said, they'll pay for you, they'll pay, they'll reward you with money when you have, let's say children outside of a marriage and this and that, and you don't wanna be responsible for it. So that, like you said, they will pay you and support you. So it disincentivizes you from wanting to do what could create a better outcome long term but it is um, actually international men's day oh no um, kidding yeah so congrats happy international men's day I hate that. <laughs> there you go so i, 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 I was that conception and here i am here you are I no, no 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 listen i'm the fact that you didn't know basically just proves everything you said right because you would know if it was international women's day Oh yeah, um, I, look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a great point. I, 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 and and if I wanted to, I'd have to block the hashtag. But I know at that point, but I wouldn't block. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got nothing against 
Not at all. No, of course not. But what I want to what I want to say actually is because you you spoke a lot about boxing and how you know it's sort of necessary. A man needs that sort of physical um, that physical challenge in order to become a man. He needs all these challenges. You know, you spoke about ADHD and all this stuff. Um, but from a female perspective, I think of course it's different. You were saying you know men need that to become a woman. Sorry, to become a man. Women don't need that to become a woman. But what I would say in terms of building strong people, regardless of gender. Um, from just my experience, I think the best thing that men like yourself who are into self-improvement and, you know, challenging yourself physically can offer women is encouraging them to do physical challenge. Right. So I saw um, I saw a video earlier today of a dad helping his his little girl in the gym. And I was like, that is perfect. I was like, that this is it. This is what women need. This is how men can benefit women. This is how they add value to women. Because they're, you know, we all we both add value to each other. Um, whether yes. it's, you know, whether it's, you know, we help men when it comes to sort of bringing out their more emotional side or nurturing or whatever it is, love and all this stuff and care, which is totally, we're happy to, I'm happy to do that. That's, you yeah. know, what it is. And I think from my experience, you know, my brother, for example, is a huge role model for me. And he's the one that got me in the gym. And he's the one that will turn around to me and say, oh my God, Leia, of course you can do that. You can do anything. And then I'm like, oh yeah, of course they can do anything, you know? And that that kind of rational, that kind of like unemotional, hard opinion, sort of, it, it comes mainly from men, that sort of unemotional, like, yeah, you can do it. Like, you know, and I think women need that. And I think that's, that kind of strength that men have is what adds a lot of value to women. And I kind of wanted to highlight that on International Man's Day because that's sort of men's day, sorry, because that's my, that's that's the thing that I find just to be the most amazing thing about men in general. For me, they add so much value in terms of making me feel powerful and like I can. I appreciate that. And what you said is so key and I wish everyone understood it. We need each other. We, we were not one of the things about a sexual dimorphism when we're so different is that to be whole, we need one another. One of the things uh, I, I say, I, I made a point is that, you know, when, when two things are equal, by definition, you don't need one of them. But when mm. they're complementary, you do. And we complement one another so well. We, you, you're strong where we're weak, and we're weak where you're strong, and together a society is built. My fear, my worry, and this is where the world is going, uh, is that the the strengths are muted, and the weaknesses don't necessarily rise because you're not designed to rise. Like, like no matter how much you put in the gym. Uh, you ain't never gonna be as big as me. Like it ain't, it ain't never gonna happen. And likewise, uh, I, and I'm and I'm pretty, pretty damn good with people. I will never want to talk as much as a typical woman and, and make that connection. I'm never gonna feel good that way. Like, like I, I, and that's important. People need to be comforted. People need to become. We need strength to protect said comforting ability. But when you mute the differences you take away the most beautiful part of each of us and you make us and we're more weaker. And that's what I think uh, happens because, because um, gaps don't 
don't stay empty for long. If you, if the less masculine you make men, the the more you punish their masculinity, the more you're forcing a woman to become masculine. And neither people are comfortable in the role. They're both weaker. You're not. You don't get the focus on being you, and I don't get the focus on being me. And so now we're just kind of a mess. Floating around, neither one of us really good. Forget jack of all trades, master. Mm-hmm. We're kind of bad at everything now, and that is that is the biggest kind of danger, I think. So, so I really appreciate that that notice of the role of encouraging and support and kind of no nonsense, objective. You can do this attitude as opposed to because I mean, because because you you recognize like if it like a girlfriend would be like. Oh, you know, like, like you may not get as much practical yeah. advice on how to do it, but you'll get a cheerleader. Yeah, right? exactly. You, yeah. Need both. you need somebody that's like, you got this no matter what. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You go, girl. Like, you need that. Yeah. But you, also yeah, you, need that. Like, you also need someone to be like, look here, we got this, this, and this. And you can't you can't face that right now. But if we go here and maybe you get in the gym like six months, you can be all right to face this one. And when you get that one, you'll be ready for that one. Like, they're, they're two so different. Much better. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. I provide and a One isn't better than the other. They, they, they're yeah. just, they, but they, when you have both, you will come unstoppable. I mean, you have neither, which is kind of where we're trending. You can yeah. do nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, totally with you. You need both. You're right. You need that. You go, girl. You got this. You're beautiful. You, you know, you got this. And then you need the okay. Stop crying. This isn't gonna help. Move. <laughs> you know, you need that. You do. But, <laughs> but I, I think I think it's interesting though, particularly like the the whole feminism movement and everything, because it, it's sort of what the most weird, the most confusing part to me is that it sort of encourages women to um, empower themselves, obviously it's feminism, but by sort of removing their feminine traits, which is so odd to me, right? So it's like less, so I'm not saying that, I'm not saying like feminism is, I'm not saying like being a woman is defined by how long your hair is and like what you wear and all this stuff. Of course it goes much deeper than that, but you'll often find that people who are sort of promoting feminism are sort of like um, rejecting traditional feminine values which is really odd to me. It's sort of like a contradiction, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting. It's it's like, you know, to, to, to be better black people, we're going to stop being black. I mean, like, that would yeah. be... It, it is, that, sound, that sounds weird and silly, but I, I don't think... Every, the history is just a series of overcorrections. Um, mm-hmm. And, and when, you, when you look at it that way, then every everything makes sense because, because look... As much as some people want to like rag on the feminist movement, you have to understand it, it sprung up because, well, at one point, you know, women were getting getting left high and dry by by guys. But when the law only, you know, you didn't, you shit, I got the right to vote before in the United States before you got the right to vote, you know, but blacks before, and we and we didn't think we were treated like nothing. So at some point. Oh, you just got to look at like how did all of this start, and then you go okay, and this you know, then you go all right. Well, we see how this happened, and see how this happened. We, we can't really fix the past. Let's just kind of start all over and, and wipe the slate clean. I don't, I don't know if that'll ever happen. That's that's like forgiveness on a on a massive scale that humanity desperately needs, but will and is incapable of. 
likely never get there. And, and I'm a huge proponent of forgiveness. So my mind immediately went, well, you know, you, you're never going to really be able to balance this out. You just got to wipe this clean and, and move forward. But we'll, we'll see, you know, uh, people give me hope, not so much recently, but they, <laughs> no, <it's so> funny. <laughs> but, but in general, man, we'll, adaptability is the name of our species or our, our, our as, a, as a trait of our species. So hopefully we I think forgiveness. Yeah. I was just, I think forgiveness is huge. I think that's such a big point that you mentioned. And I think that's probably actually one of like the biggest issues in society. Everybody's so angry at everyone, right? Like everyone is a minority in some place in the world. Um, you know, whether it's your, I don't know, whether it's like you're black, you're white, you're Jewish, you're fat, you're short, you're ginger, you're whatever the hell you are, you know, you're Asian, you know, somebody's not going to like you. Um, I just think everyone's so angry, like constantly. Angry, and forgiveness is so important. They're, they're angry and even worse, they're angry about things they can't do anything about. And when I say they can't do anything about it, I don't mean like they, they can't lobby and change laws or, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. you know, protest, whatever. I mean, they're, they're, we're angry about things that are in the past and we look for reasons to be angry and we're looking for reasons to be angry that we, we cannot do a thing about. A big example of this played out on a huge stage across the world was the decision to start tearing down statues. And I'm like, Okay, well, what's the end game here? Mm -hmm. and, and, and like, I, you know, what's your reason? Well, they did X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, okay, if we start applying that principle, that you can never be anything or have any positive effect or ever get any type of praise uh, for anything you did because you have something bad in your past, then no one is ever going to be in a position to encourage or inspire anyone because people aren't perfect. And so we're at this position, we're at this point in history where we can't, where, where, where you can't, you, you can find a way, you, you can find a reason, you, you dig hard enough and you can find a reason to cancel anybody. Mm-hmm. Right, and and all canceling is all canceling is, is an attempt to change the past. You did something awful, or rather, to make you pay for for a transgression that perhaps wasn't a transgression, but now we've decided it is, which is even worse. You know, at least if you took my money, I can say, okay, I can see how much you took. I'm gonna take that back and some interest. But if you just decided it was a bad thing and it wasn't at the time, you know. That's 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 awful. We we can't do that. And all it does is just create an endless cycle of anger because you're always gonna be able to look back and always move that goalpost. You're always gonna be able to go, okay, mm -hmm. I don't feel X, Y, or Z is good. So I'm gonna see how many people I can get to be angry about it, and it may be nothing. Here in the US, I don't know how they did it over there. Uh here in the US, a few years ago, they decided we could no longer play. Baby is cold outside on the radio, right? Oh, really? Wait, maybe I had that. Okay. Okay. And and I don't remember the reason, but what I know is that that song's been played for a long time, and now it's a big deal, okay? Uh-huh. It's crazy to me, right? And and we, we decide it's a big deal, but then at the same time, we decide newer things that if you, if you, if you weigh them on the same 
block of morality or affect people. You go, okay, that's crazy. Someone someone made a, made a great post, and I thought it was hilarious. And then I, I share things to, to stir the bear or poke the bear sometimes. And he goes, you know, how woke do you have to be to be offended by a baby? It's cold outside, but not WAP. That, that song was Yes, exactly, exactly. I, this is not, yeah, go on, go on. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, that, that's good, I'm good, it's good, I get it. Well, but 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 the, the point is, you know, until you can let go of things, and we, we have a big problem collectively, humanity, I think, is taking a backward step emotionally, we, we're not able to, to let go of stuff we want, and, and you know you can't let go of it when you feel like there's something you should get for a thing that was passed and and since you can't extract resources you're trying to deprive resources when you can't extract uh and when you when you can't actually change the past you're trying to change how everyone feels in the present towards it they're actually like physically altering things right now thinking that that will make a difference like that changes our history so i think uh, you make yeah i just i think you make an insane point right um, that it's like how offended, how woke do you have to be to be um, offended by a Christmas song, um, but not offended by, yeah, what or however, it, however you say it. Like, if you think about, you know, I, do you know what? I was listening to an Ariana Grande song, actually, um, in the gym the other day, and there's a line, right? And it, and literally, the line is, I, I, won't, I won't actually fully, fully say it because I think, I might, like, YouTube might do something, I don't know. But it's just F me until the daylight is the line, okay? So it's F me until the, until it's daylight, right? right? And I'm like, I'm like, hold up. I was like, where, when did this happen? Because I when I was younger, so I, I'm 24, but when I was like 10 years ago, when I was 14 or 12, whatever, I remember Lady Gaga had a song and the song was, let me ride on your disco stick, right? And yeah. only, only like ten, like ten years later do I listen back, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get what she's saying. Oh my god, I can't believe I was singing that next to my mom in the car. <laughs> but, but f me to the daylight. It never used to be like that. And so, how are we encouraging that? <laughs> how are we encouraging little girls singing that? Right? And they will say it. They will swear. But we're like, but like, oh my god, God forbid. There's a Christmas song, which is just, you right. know, not politically correct. And that's not the only song I saw on BBC today. Let me just get it. Um, so BBC Radio 1 will not play original version of Fairy Tale of New York. Um, yeah, because the audience may be offended by derogatory terms for gender and sexuality. But we can definitely play by Ariana Grande to 10-year-old girls, F me till the daylight. Yeah, it's, 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 so a weird, it's a weird um, ploy and, and a weird play. And here's another thing, too. Because it's based on who did it and not what they did, that creates a huge problem. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll never forget. It was a great, a great post, and I'm going to paraphrase it uh, because I can't quite remember. But I remember the idea. Zuby made a post, and he was talking about. He made it. He was talking about uh, you know saying the N word and rap music, and he said, you got to understand like like can white people say it or not? Because um, as a black person who's not American, you got to understand that that's kind of confusing to me. Like, uh, is is it a bad word or is it only bad depending on who says it? What if, 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 oh, okay. My my thoughts on that. You know, I I personally look. Okay, so so first, first and foremost, what people gotta understand, 
uh, is that the the N word used in music is not the same thing that we were called in the sixties. Two different words, they're spelled differently. Um, not not like so differently, you're gonna confuse them, you know. But but they they're they're pronounced differently. They sound differently. They're not the same. They're not used the same. Whatever, right? So so that is the the first thing I always make sure I bring up is that uh, when you look at language, that's not the same word. It doesn't have the same idea. It's not spelled the same. It's not used the same. There's nothing about those words that are the same. As far as people getting offended as if it were the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, that's problematic. That's problematic because you're deciding that, and and it's not, and it's not problematic because, because every, every group has, you know, their own terms, you know, that you use within your own people are terms that you can, you can only use like, you know, I I can call, I I can call my mom an ass and and a whole, but, but, you know, you do it. You're going to have a problem, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Problem, that, but that—that's my mom, right? Now, if I made a song, <laughs> while I'm doing that, and all of a sudden people start coming up to me, going, "Oh, what's up, man? Is that your mom? That the a hole in the song?" Okay, now we have a problem, and and so, so, so now I got to make a decision as a as as as, as a um, a gatekeeper of exactly. that 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 phrase. I got to go. Okay, is it cool? Or is it not cool? And Whatever I do has got to be consistent across the board because there's going to be a lot of people who have moms just like mine. They're going to hear it and they're going to go, yeah, mom, you're like that mom. You're an a-hole too. They're like, what's wrong with you? Like, no, no, it's cool. Ed said it about his mom. So I would say it about my mom. They're totally different families, you know. Just because you're both moms, and the, and the point about and this this was not this this totally ended up being uh, a better analogy than I thought it was when it came out. <laughs> of my home. Uh, but the whole idea, the whole point here, is that when you decide that the, the the term is used amongst Black Americans, yeah. until you go and realize that there aren't just black people in America and those black people don't have the same history. So it's a hard way to differentiate it and decide who can say what, like, like when I was living in Portugal, man, I was amazed. The radio was just playing this music and it was like, there was no censors, nothing. Uh, which over here, you well, well, it used to be censored. Now I was listening to the radio the other day and I was like, let's see if they say what they, what they used to censor. Uh, I, I don't remember the song, but I was listening intently, and they didn't censor it. I was like, "Oh, okay, it's new." Uh, I, but I guess, I guess my my point is, uh, as much as I wanted to be a person, my person issue, the, the people won't let it be because how can they? There, 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 there are enough black people in the world, and enough of them, rightfully so. That's the other thing, rightfully so, uh, can get offended if it's used. I just think. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna make it a big deal personally, you gotta go. You can't use it, and you no one can use it. And if you use it around me, we're gonna have a problem. I, I've met some older black men who are just like that. They're like, don't use that word around me. And I'm like, okay, that's mm-hmm. cool because he's holding the whole holding all of us to a standard. My issue is when you have guys that say, "All right, it's cool for me. It's not cool for you." That's mm-hmm. um, uh, that's gonna create their own problems. I mean, it, and they're gonna be mad when 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 someone shows up 
you know, from from freaking would say from 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 Colombia, and they don't they don't know. You know, I was in the Dominican Republic, and and all the people were shouting out to one another at the resort, "Hey, uh, Blackie!" That's what they call one of them. Black. Really? Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It sounds awful. Yeah. But it's just a nickname, Blackie. Yeah, now you agreed. couldn't do yeah. that here. But imagine it if that got, like, imagine if they got exported out exported out the US. You'd you'd have an issue. So so now now I think that genie's out the bottle, you know. It's not going back in. I, I but I can't tell people to live with it. If, if the rappers look, I'll tell you what, here's what here's what happened. If the rappers stop using it in songs, I, I give it three years. <laughs> before for the term, but they're not going to stop using it in songs because it's profitable. People want to hear it. So, um, they, yeah, they, I, 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 I tend to agree with everything you said. Um, I think the biggest, okay, so I think there's two parts to it, isn't it? I think it's sort of like taking ownership of a word which meant one thing and being able to sort of be like, no, now this is ours. It's, you know, taking ownership of that. But I think at the same time, I think this was maybe two years ago, I don't remember. There was, there was a black rapper, I can't remember who it was, but he had the N-word in a song and he was singing live or whatever. And he got a white woman to come up on stage with him and um, sing the, the rap words. And it just so, and then so she drops the N-word, but it was in the song. So it caused right. a lot of issues. <laughs> so who do you get mad at? Like, she shouldn't have said it. Well, like, okay. Maybe she shouldn't have done, but like, what? But this, it's not clear where do we draw the line. Like, is it even possible to have a line? Lines are inherently blurry, so can we not just say like no for everyone and then like move forward? And then people are gonna be like, How you, and then here's what happened if you say no for everyone, then like, how you gonna tell me I can't say it? I'm one of them, <laughs> I'd be that guy. The thing is, I don't, I don't have an issue with it, so I don't, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, it's a hard one to discuss and and there is probably never going to be a right answer um all you got to do is make sure that you you're in the that you don't use it when you're in the right company uh wrong company i guess right know your audience know yeah, your no, audience. No, there you go know your audience because yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. We've come to an hour, which is actually the longest I've um, done a podcast for. So that's super cool. So we Oh, really? I, I just yeah. figured this was about that. No, long. it's great. No, no, no. It's fab. It's great. I love it. I usually go between like an, a half an hour to an hour. So I usually end at like 45 minutes, 40 maybe 50 minutes, but this is great. Do you have any final words you want You want to say? No, this, this has been a, a, a very fun conversation. I had hmm. no idea where it was going to go, and I can tell you I have not talked about about three of these topics on podcasts ever. Damn. No one's ever asked me about uh, the masculinity thing. I thought that was cool. Uh, this whole N-word discussion, that that was pretty uh, entertaining, and then kind of the direction of, of society uh it's very cool this is this has been very fun and i'm happy uh, that you let me come on and we, we can have a chat in front of your audience yeah absolutely it's so good to have you so i want to thank you so much for coming on i want to um thank my um sponsors I, thank you so much and guys don't forget to tune in next week thursday 12 est bye bye